Hello and welcome to the Wrestling Headlines AEW Winter is Coming Review as we drop frames immediately. <laughs> My name is Matt Mayer aka Imp and I'm joined by the now AEW Match Guide podcasts. Sam Brown, how are you doing Sam on this wintry day? Oh, I'm fantastic, Imp. Australia's had a great day in the field against England in the cricket. <laughs> um, they're two for 221, which is a fantastic score on day one for our friends who don't follow cricket. So I'm I'm very happy. The drought for England winning in Australia is going to remain. And, you know, we had a great wrestling show as well, which is fantastic. <laughs> yeah, because... Um... It's very, it's very Christmassy time. I will say I don't care about cricket. <laughs> it's, it's not, not a sport. <laughs> um, my, my city does Just have... completely no-sell it. <laughs> yeah, like, <laughs> like my city does have a big uh, cricket ground because I live in Nottingham. So we've got Trent something bridge. <laughs> That's the name of our bridge. I call it that. <laughs> the Trent Bridge Ground. It's right next to the Trent Bridge. It's probably called that. <laughs> Good God. My city would be embarrassed. <laughs> but yeah, still, I, uh, yeah, I know of it. It exists around me. Kind of like I've done with Christmas. You don't feel Christmassy every day, but if Christmas exists around you, <laughs> you don't have to. It's fine. Perfectly fine. Uh, <laughs> but yes, we're going to have a nice little merry review. And as we went live, I did realise I've not opened my Word document with my notes on it. <laughs> so that's uh, <laughs> an absolutely great start. Just go for, mem- go for memory, memory Imp. <laughs> <laughs> well, to be fair, obviously, the number one thing we're going to be talking about, it's not even in question. <laughs> what it's going to be. Also, before we probably get into this, this I have we've timed this amazingly. Where uh, Sam like pre-recorded loads of things to get fit, a really nice schedule for his podcast, and it just so happens this week I'm guesting on it again. Amazing. <laughs> so, yes. Yes. So shall we, shall we plug Good. it before I'll, we get I into can the plug review? That now. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Let's do it. So <laughs> if you if you haven't been um, see following me on social media or anything like that. Uh, a number of weeks ago now, a bit over a month ago now, I launched a thing called the AEW Match Guide podcast where I go into some of the best matches uh, that AEW has ever had. We focus on one match per episode and it goes for about an hour and I have a special guest on it. Imp, of course, has already been on it. Well, I could not leave him off it. I could not <laughs> leave him off it. I'm a partner in crime, as I call him. <laughs> he, he was on it for Pack vs. Orange Cassidy and this week we're back back in the saddle and we're looking at blood and guts uh, and just as a bit of kayfabe we've already pre-recorded it's quite a banger i just edit i finished editing it last night and uploaded it ready to launch that comes out friday night australian time at seven o'clock uh that you can work out whenever that is but even better mm-hmm. just jump in your google box and type in aw match guide podcast and subscribe and it'll show up in whatever feed you're in so yeah that's that's my plug. You should definitely listen. It's a lot of fun. So go to the Google box on your computer machines and find the AEW Match Guide podcast. All podcasts are available. Anyway, that's a we've wrote people in saying we're going to talk about winter is coming, and ah, that's a trick. We just had to promote the AEW Match Guide podcast. It's all a trick. Oh, you really had to you really had to bend my arm to get me on this episode in like oh. you know real real. <laughs> Real quiet episode of Dynamite. Nothing much happened. We're gonna be we're gonna be fighting to get to an hour on on this one tonight. Uh, I mean, it's not even a bit to say. I've only got six hundred uh, note words worth of notes written down. I've normally got like two thousand. It's like, oh, it must be an awful show with nothing that happened. It's obviously nothing to do with the fact that there were only four matches on this show. <laughs> so obviously, Hangman Page versus Daniel Danielson, main topic of the show, kicked everything off. 
and holy Christ almighty, <laughs> an absolute epic. The Wang Man cometh. <laughs> what an amazing match this was. <laughs> uh, I'll, I'll give a shout out to Rich Latter because uh, that is an Omar Cometh reference. <laughs> but, but the Wang Man is just <laughs> so impossible to miss out there. But yeah, a lovely little bubbler simmering right up as Paige rises to Danielson's undefeated number one contender challenge and like serving up some awesome spots and close as hell near falls, the crowd eating up everything on the plate right behind Hanman for the f- for the whole 60 minute first course. Holy mm. holy hell, Sam. <laughs> so Sam was yeah. sending me messages whilst he was watching, because I'd watched it when you were messaging me. I'd started the Photoshop, <laughs> and, uh, which was an absolute dick. <laughs> so it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> it looks great. It looks great. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, Gareth ruining us in the chat with Daniel Dyer, and it's the next one in terms of saying his name wrong. <laughs> great. <laughs> Struggling enough as it is. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> but yeah, the... Yeah, what did he, yeah, he was messaging me throughout whilst he was watching it and watching the mix of emotions that, to be fair, I'd also gone through. <laughs> that thing of, this is interesting, where's this going? Oh, it's oh, it's, it's still going as well, it's still building. What what, what, are they, what are they going for here? And then he just, you realise over the course of it and by the end of the, yeah, by the end of the meal, you're like, oh, oh what a delicious course. Oh, oh. What did you make of it, Sam? Oh, it was fantastic. I mean, just, I called it that it was going for an hour i in fact i messaged you that it was going for mm. an hour i think i did, did that yeah. at about the 35 minute 40 minute mark or so uh, but the 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 brilliance of it was that even though i'd called that i thought that this was going for an hour i've seen hour matches where it's really obvious that they do that and mm. it gets boring because it, it kind of you realize that that's what they're doing and then it takes you out of the match and there's not as much suspense because you're just like, well, they're going to go for a draw. But Mm. in this one, I was questioning myself for the last like 15 minutes. I was questioning myself and there were moments when I was like, Oh, they're just going to like get to the right at the end and there's going to be a win. It's going to be so epic. And uh, look, there's so many small touches that I really want to get into uh, about this match. But I think that was like my overriding takeaway was like, I, I kind of, this, halfway through or a little bit past halfway through i saw this coming i saw what was going to happen but even though i'd seen what i thought they might be trying i questioned it a lot throughout Mm -hmm. and i was biting on the near falls i was biting hard and so was the crowd (laughs) Mm. um i think there's probably a lot of people AEW has a smart crowd they probably there's probably people who saw what was happening and and kind of put two and two together but we wouldn't know it by judging by the reaction they were Mm -hmm. riding hard with the hangman well, they were, for the final 10 minutes especially, they were all on their feet, which is for a one-hour match to have them on their feet for like 10 minutes straight right at the end, that means you've absolutely nailed it. <laughs> Whatever you're doing, mm. they are yep. right in. And uh, yep. I've written it in my notes that like towards the end, there was a lot of stuff going on at my house. People were trying to talk to me, <laughs> to put, to give me information. <laughs> it was very clear I was only like half getting what they were saying. Because <laughs> like, I'm so soaked into what I'm watching here. <laughs> just, put, just trying to put some notes together of some sort. It's like, well, I'm not going to write down every single spot, but oh my word, just the way they built it up. I was absolutely in love with this match. I, for me, that's the best review I can give is I was so soaked in <laughs> to what I was watching that when someone tried to talk to me, I heard like two words. <laughs> like, yeah, fine. in one yeah. ear, out the other. <laughs> yeah. I agree. <laughs> yeah, and and I loved how this match. It it really 
had its different phases. Like you had a phase at the start where they were like feeling each other out and Brian was like really cocky and really arrogant in the way he was taking it. And then you you kind of saw Brian take over, but then you saw the fire, the fight back from Hangman and, and Brian start to realize that he was really in it. Like he was in deep and he was in a real struggle. And you saw that written in Brian's facial emo, facial um facial expressions you know he went from really being like arrogant smiling like really self-satisfied with himself to like really gritting his teeth and 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 concentrating and looking with fire in his eye and then you know they both have like big injuries and they both take each other out um each other's biggest weapons out and then it goes from that to like both of them just gritting through the pain uh and fighting through the pain and both of them sold their injuries and their um what had happened to them so well throughout uh and i just loved as well that in within all of the grappling with all of the exchanges it it rarely rarely looked like they were giving anything up uh even when they had even right at the start when they're doing like the chain wrestling back and forth sometimes you see that and and you can see like oh he's put out his arm so that this person can take it and do the next move mm. it rarely rarely if ever looked like that even when they're doing a superplex towards the end it didn't it looked like they were struggling no one was like giving up ground intentionally uh so it was just like so absorbing because they just did not let it they didn't let you break your suspension of disbelief uh and they just drew you in drew you in and then you know in the final 10 15 minutes as we said it was just so scintillating with both of them like gritting through their injuries gritting through the pain barrier gritting through the exhaustion but trying to get trying to get a win by hook or by crook uh and of course it comes down to the final seconds and it it ends in a 60 minute draw which is just such a fabulous end as well for brian given how you know how it was when he took on kenny as well you know they had a 30 minute draw but in this this one it was Hangman who, you know, you could argue was like an inch away from winning. Whereas in the Kenny match, it was Brian who was an inch away from winning. And it's <laughs> mm. it sets up a fantastic future, like future direction for Brian, where he like searches for a way to like overcome these top guys. You know, he can hang with them, but he can't finish them off necessarily. And uh, by hook or by crook is surely going to be Hook and uh, Starks' finisher name. I guess. <laughs> uh, it has to be. It has actually, to be. <laughs> the best one I've heard was uh, somebody posted into the chat on uh, a, the Vessel Talk review of Rampage, where <laughs> they, like, uh, they should have Hook team up with Bobby Fish, and they were putting out questions of what the t- t- uh, t- tag team name should be. <laughs> <laughs> and easily, the best name I saw was Fish and Chips. I was like, oh, it's amazing. Brilliant, <laughs> brilliant. Brilliant, brilliant. <laughs> because obviously there's fish hook and hook fish or whatever, but oh, fish and chips. Oh, it's, it's such a good thing. Oh, it's then got to become, look, it's got to go from fish and chips to whatever like the Cockney rhyming slang for fish and chips is. <laughs> oh, I'm not Cockney. I, I can Google it. <laughs> I can actually have a look. Maybe, maybe not. <laughs> Cockney rhyming slang, fish. Oh, to put a space on it. Fish, fish and chips. Here we go. What's coming up? Uh, oh, fish and chips is slang for hips. I forgot about that. Oh. <laughs> yeah, well, you take a seat oh, off so one of the guys. Yeah, the... <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. <laughs> oh, there's a there's a cockney rhyming slang. Um, 
uh, ratings website. <laughs> it's like rate my Cockney rhyming slang. <laughs> <laughs> oh, there's okay. Yeah, there's lots of different things. Yeah, I don't think there it is would, a. It wouldn't be a podcast. It wouldn't be a podcast with us if we did it off, like you know, way off in the rough. <laughs> At some point. <laughs> I mean, I, I realise that's that's a running theme with this show, <laughs> where we're on topic. Next thing we know, I'm googling Cockney rhyming slangs for fish and chips. <laughs> it's, it's not on topic. <laughs> Uh, but anyway, a bloody Texas steak as Brian targets the open wound mm. of Hangman. Like, even in mm. defeat, he's going to kick your effing head in. And the beat I yep. really liked was Paige also showing that willingness to go just as vicious and commentary hammered mm. it home as well when he yep. was doing it just to make sure we all know as he targeted Brian's knee. At the back and forth, entering uncharted desperate waters as we broke 50 minutes. And again, those final 10 minutes, the yep. entire crowd was up on their feet. Just you had no idea which way this one was swinging. Even mm. though you could predict it was going to go the hour, uh, when it said because it was they they'd given enough info essentially in the match for you to be able to figure it out. As in, oh, okay, yeah, this is good. So if you're if you've watched enough wrestling, you would have picked up what was presented to you. And go, oh, okay, they're going for the full hour. But my God, they were hurtling. And the when they really got yeah. me was when Hangman set up to hit that final. <laughs> Bookshot Lariat the way that the mm. crowd did that huge cheer that huge pop and I was just like oh wait no this would be the perfect time to swerve us from a one hour finish and have Hangman pin him there mm. it's, it see that's what so I well. thought was going yeah. to happen at yeah. so many points yeah <laughs> Actually, yeah, that's for me it's when they built up to a really strong finish so many times only for one of them to kick out um, for me that was when uh, that, that, when I started to fall in love with the match because like I'm buying all these finishes. <laughs> this is, this is mm. for the, the for them to actually get me to buy so many false finishes that that's something special. Because I would say even like Omega Okada, like even in their massive spec, that one and a half hour insane <laughs> match, that even there I didn't buy a lot of the finishes. Like like the big one was when Omega just collapses to avoid the Rainmaker. Like that's an mm. amazing kind of false, uh, really building to a finish, and then it just disappears. <laughs> that's mm. an amazing beat for that. But in this match, I bought so many finishes, and he saw the crowd doing it as well, which is like the yep. absolute yep. telling point in terms of how well this match did, and also what really helped in terms of how the crowd did with this match. There were kids on the front row as well on both sides of the ring, and mm. the thing I could really tell was like, you know, you've done really well when a child who children don't have the best attention spans. But over 50 minutes in, there's a kid on the front row with his hands on the guardrail, just like eyes wide open. Mm. <laughs> and it's like, okay, yep. you've sucked a kid into that level of attention. Which is, mm. yeah, well done. Awesome stuff. Awesome stuff. What a what a way to get Hangman's title run off and running. Mm. Like I was, mm. uh, in the lead up to this, I was like, oh man, this is not feeling super hot on Hangman's part. Like, mm. I didn't think he did a great job when he was on commentary. I, I I kind of I understood the direction of course with Brian beating up all of the Dark Order, but I was like, this is like a Brian story. What's Hangman doing? <laughs> but you know, it's all forgotten because <laughs> they just absolutely <laughs> nailed the match, and he and have set an, a really high standard um, for for future title matches that Hangman's involved in, and it's going to make it even more impressive. You know, when he has a match that isn't that long, because it's going to be like, well, these guys went for so long and are so so athletic but now he's had a match that's shorter which you know it means that that match was even more heavy hitting 
it's yeah a great way to set up hangman's title run and, and get like almost a new generation of the the company off and running you know the big the original champions jericho moxley and omega they're gone mm-hmm. they're not in the promotion at the moment it's almost like it's a new generation this is the first homegrown talent to take it off take on the take on the mantle of the AEW champion and what a way to what a way to set up your first defense and do your first defense. I think yeah, because when I think about it, there's no Moxley right now, there's no Omega, there's no Jericho, mm-hmm. like yep. none of the first three champions yep. are currently there. <laughs> like, God knows what's yeah. happening with Cody as well. Like mm. that's the big, that's the original four big singles guys. Yeah, and to say that they've grown mm. really well from that point is an understatement. I think it's fair to say <laughs> they've done really, really mm. well to develop oh, like, yeah. the next generation. Well, because the Absolutely. whole conversation with yeah. Well, because there's MJF later in the show, but the whole conversation around him and his contract, and I just look at that and go, I mean, also, I will just note, I don't know if it's audible, on this day where so much is happening, not only did the British gas guy come <laughs> right as I'm doing the Photoshop before he go live, but also, next door decided to get their tree surgeon round, <laughs> so there's a loud buzz, and there's oh, nothing gosh. I can do about it. <laughs> so, fingers crossed for the best. Uh, but yeah, so with MJF and the whole conversation about, oh, well, come 20, uh, the renewal of his contract, WWE apparently are really interested in him. And I'm just... Because as soon as I saw that... Of it course just, they are. Why wouldn't they be? <laughs> because my other thought was, it reminded me so much of the Kenny Omega talk, where... Because uh, I wrote a column about it, where should he go to WWE or AEW? And my whole point about the column was, if you've been paying attention, you already know the answer. It's not even a debate. What was how I saw it. I mean, obviously, when Kenny Omega himself talked about it, it was like, uh, I mean, the offer was pretty good. <laughs> there was a little bit of internal debate. Uh, but as I wrote the column, I was like, no, he's a vital, he's an integral part of the starting of this promotion. Why would he leave? As in, before it's even, like, for me, for you to think he's going to WWE, you are telling me you're not paying attention, was how I thought about it. So when I saw the yeah. MGF news... And they were like, oh, you'll obviously go to WWE, obviously go to, in quotes, the big leagues. You'll obviously go and do that. And I was looking at it going, have you not been paying attention, though? Like, for me, he's a pillar for the future. It's the entire point of his story right now. As in, his entire arc is, I am a pillar of this company. Mm. <laughs> so it, it, it's really weird to me to think, obviously, unless something can happen within this time, but as things currently stand... He's not just a guy with loads of talent in AW. He's a fundamental pillar for the future. He's not just got a spot. He's got like a guaranteed pillar for the future. <laughs> so for me, it feels yeah. so much like the Omega discussion from a few years ago. Yeah, look, I understand where you're coming from with that. I think part of it is we just don't really know what who MJF is. Oh, yeah. Because he's so wrapped up in his character. We don't actually know what kind of person he is, what he's like, what his values are. Um, and so, you know, it's easy to get wrapped up in who his character is. Mm. Uh, and that character would definitely go to, would would most definitely be very heavily considering <laughs> WWE. Mm. And and the, the only thing that makes me pause is he, he is a guy that would suit the WWE uh he is and he is has all of the attributes that would make a great aew a great wwe performer and as we've seen today just even mm. today with kevin owens re-signing with the wwe even in this era of budget cuts vince is willing to open the purse strings for people he wants to keep 
Mm. Um, you know, people like Keith Lee, even someone like Braun Strowman, I guess, they're people that Vince has not trusted fully. Um, maybe Braun Strowman is probably a bad example, but Adam Cole, maybe. Keith mm. Lee, the these big NXT names that have got Carrying Cross that have been released. Vince didn't trust those guys, but Vince trusts KO and sees a lot of value in, who, in what KO can give him. And so he's willing to go the extra mile to keep someone like that. And, you know, I was one of the people that also thought he would probably end up in AEW, but he didn't. And I'm guessing the main, one of the big reasons for that is the amount of money that Vince was willing to put in front of him. Because in AEW, he would have more creative freedom. He would have a lighter workload. But, you know, sometimes people want more money. And that's something, you know, that we don't know what MJF is like. And I have undoubted, I'm, I don't doubt that WWE would love to, to poach someone from AEW, like a big name talent that AEW is relying on, that wants to be a pillar, that's setting up to be like the, the future, the next 20 years of this company. They would probably love to just poach them, uh, <laughs> even just to spite them. But also you think here's someone that could make it there. So you'd believe that they might loosen the purse strings for him. Um, mm. And, you know, he's, yeah, him, he's got a big future in this company or in WWE, wherever he ends up. And he's part of this generation along with Hangman Page that, you know, are, are taking over the main event and are taking over the show. <laughs> and for me personally, I'm never against a massive Royal Rumble debut. <laughs> like, I love me some of them. <laughs> <laughs> so I, I don't think that's going to happen to MJF this year. Oh, no, I no, think no. his contract runs to like 2024 or yeah, something I was gonna like say, that. Yeah, it's 20, it's, it was still <laughs> like two, three years away. <laughs> it's still quite yeah. a while. Because <laughs> well, that's why MJF tweeted it himself, like, the great bidding war of 2024. <laughs> yep. well, yeah. Uh, but, but yeah, the AJ Styles debut, oh, that, that stirs something in me. He's like, well, if you're able to pull that off again, I'm not going to be against it for that moment. <laughs> that moment would be awesome. <laughs> Uh, it was something, yeah. <laughs> anyway, I realise if we keep digressing, this will become like a match guide show <laughs> when you only do the one match. <laughs> so, also, I'm worried about my voice going as well, but hopefully I'll be all right. So, the time limit bell expiring right after Paige amped up and nailed the bookshot in an incredibly hot fire ending. Just amazing mm. back and forth. So many false finishes. The biggest smile across my face as people in my house were trying to talk to me. <laughs> I was like, do you have to talk to me now? I was like, yeah, I've got information. To, something's happening soon. I was like, oh, God damn it. <laughs> yeah, I was just so soaked into what I was watching. Absolutely fantastic match. Uh, I, I don't, I'm not somebody who likes to give stars and things just because I've, I value like a phrase or sentence to sum something up how I was feeling. But for me, it's that, for me, it's that final sentence. I've just, I was so soaked into it. I just wasn't paying attention to the world around me. So, Good stuff, good stuff, good mm. stuff. Right. Yeah, this is this is one of the best matches they've ever had on TV. Oh, yeah. It's undoubtedly in that conversation. I don't know where it ranks, personally, but it's undoubtedly in that conversation. For me, they've already got to a point where they they have, like, they have matches from their TV, which are all amazing, and just pick your personal favourite, because they're all great. Yeah. I would understand each <laughs> one of them. <laughs> Like again, like when we well, were look, doing the, the best second, matches. The second year when we when we get into voting for the definitive match guide, the second year, <laughs> uh, I feel like this one's going to be up there. <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah. Well, I mean, we saw it before last time where there were so many great matches. Like the top fifteen, whatever it was, were kind of like any one of these could be higher or lower. We, we, there was yeah. there was a clear top two, but outside of that, it's like they're all brilliant. <laughs> Just watch all of them. <laughs> it's fine. 
<laughs> so, yeah, great stuff. I mean, <laughs> I'm looking at this and I'm like, I'm also thinking like, I mean, in like two weeks, I'll be watching Katsuyori Shibata wrestle again in the Tokyo Dome. <laughs> so it's like, oh, my wrestle, my wrestle hype is really, he's really happy right now. <laughs> That's going to be awesome. Uh, I mean, it's day one as well. Uh, just, just quick. Just quickly, as we transition to the next match, mm. shout-outs to Dan Coffin, who just posted on Twitter a screenshot of the uh, of the uh, the YouTube thing. Um, I think you forgot to change my name again, him. <laughs> oh! Says, you look different, James Boy. <laughs> oh, I not taste it. Oh, no. Oh. <laughs> oh, oh, that's funny. I am going to change that the second now. time that's happened, I think. I <laughs> will survive. Oh, I did. oh, yeah, we got through a whole show. <laughs> got through a whole show. No, just leave it for the meme. It's good at this point. <laughs> I've been changed it. You know what? I'm not going to change the Twitter handle though. Nah. <laughs> you have to plug your own handle. <laughs> anyway, so after that, I thought, is that everything we got to say on the on the uh, on the Page versus Danielson match? There's there's so much about it. I thought. Oh. Save yeah. the content for the sure future match guide episode. <laughs> Someone will do. <laughs> uh, brilliant! Yeah. It's just a brilliant match, and mm. and what a way to get Hangman's title run just cooking and <laughs> off and running. Mm. Mm. I'm pretty certain I've had Rich Latter's info up for James Boyd as well. <laughs> it's just one thing I forget to change. <laughs> anyway, uh, uh, Sam understands. He heard the panic in my DMs going, I've got so much to do. There's so much going on. <laughs> <Good try. laughs> anyway, the Super Click Holiday 8-Man Rampage Tag Challenge for Best Friends was issued. Also, Coles got the best Christmas present the two could ever wish for next week. <laughs> Is that an uh-oh? <laughs> Wrestling presents don't particularly end in happy times. <laughs> yeah. Is 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 the present Kyle O'Reilly? Or is the present a genuine present? <laughs> I don't know which one it's going to be. <laughs> Imagine if he just like had a box and he opened it and it was like an Adam Cole shirt or something. Yeah, like an actual just... As in, Teasing the crowd, thinking what you thought it was going to be something else—that is totally something they would do. <laughs> and then Carnival comes out. Be a present. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> or you do both, where the present is an actual present and Carnival also debuts. <laughs> you can do both of them. <laughs> like, it's <Yes>. fine. <laughs> I mean, you could even do the back-to-back again, because again, two NXT contracts. Yeah, that's how that's how Adam yeah. Cole debuted, right? It was yeah. like. Everyone thought Brian was going to debut and Adam Cole comes out. Yeah. And then five minutes later, Daniel Bryan actually does debut. <laughs> Bryan Danielson, yeah. sorry. He could easily do that. Oh. Also, my favourite thing is uh, Johnny Gargano's got a history with the best friends in terms of like the PWG tourings and stuff. So um, I can't wait to hear the reactions to Johnny Gargano mixing with the best friends. And for people who don't know their history, it's like, oh, I've got this former top. NXT guy and he's doing this thing with the best friends. Like, no, like it's fine. <laughs> it's perfectly fine. <laughs> Look what they're doing with Adam Cole. If you can't see that they're simmering Adam Cole, then I don't quite understand. Because we are used to a world where things happen rapid fire afterwards. As in, if you're watching something set up, the payoff will be really soon after. As in, WWE absolutely love to cock Chekhov's gun and immediately fire it. <laughs> it's like, yep. yeah, <laughs> that's the oh, we're gonna fire this gun. Fire this gun. Oh, gun! <laughs> it's immediately fire it. It's just that, that's not how the technique works, but that's how WWE do it, and um, we're used to that. But you look at like Kenny Omega, Daniel Bryan, Daniel, uh, Dan it, done it again, <laughs> Brian Danielson, and <laughs> they did that in WWE. You you do the draw so you can immediately do another match to stretch the feud out. 
AEW have shown you they've copped the gun. They've told you they've got the gun, but they've put it away in the drawer. They're not going to get it out yet. Again, that is how the technique is meant to be used. <laughs> when you do something like this, you don't immediately fire the gun. I've seen WWE do it in the same episode. It's incredible. Like within the same hour. No. <laughs> At least give you some time to anticipate. To be online going, oh, what if this happens? And they do that and this. Like, to theorise them. To be a fan, essentially. Uh, no. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, I I do love um, the way AW does it. Uh, where they, This was another cocking of the gun for Daniel Bryan. Bryan oh, sorry, Daniel Bryan. <laughs> another cocking of the gun. And I... Um, they are kind of, I think... The phrase we used before, the comparison, is Triple H come November, October, where he would set up about five or six WrestleMania matches, just in case one of them pays <laughs> off. <laughs> and that's AW's kind of booking technique, is you, you, you cock loads of guns, and you put them all away in different drawers. <laughs> you got loads of them. Which one are we going to fire? Well, they they just set up their... The AW booking philosophy is really simple. They just have these characters and they keep track of who they interacted with and what their history is and who their friends are and what their relationships are. Mm. And it just gives them this web of interconnected stories they can tell because you can go, oh, this person's mm. friends with this person and they did this this other thing. What happens if I put Adam Cole and Orange Cassidy together? <laughs> oh, these are all the things that spin <laughs> off from it. And, mm. you know, you've immediately got stories happening. It's it you it's it takes discipline because you've got to keep track of things and you've got to remain consistent. But it makes sense. Like, or what happens if um, Hangman and Adam Cole have a segment? Well, immediately you've got like all of this tension, all of this story that comes off because there's so much history that they can do, and then there's all these other relationships that people have, and you know, it, it's it's simple, but Ooh. it's um it takes discipline and it takes um time to work it out but they do a really good job of it it's and it's fantastic when they pull it off like i um like all this week i've been slowly putting together i'll say i'll call it a mammoth column but i definitely want to slim it down <laughs> but uh, <laughs> the entire point of it essentially is my analyzing my dwindling fandom of wwe and also relating it to other media around like every date and point i'm talking about it uh, i sent sam a snippet because i was like i've written like two paragraphs back into writing for the first time in ages and I'm immediately just making Doctor <laughs> Who <laughs> WWE relations. I was like, just want to check. I've not just fully drifted into Doctor Who analysis here. This is <laughs> this is a still picture wrestling. <laughs> but um but my that my entire point essentially is what we were just talking about here. If WWE they do the whole thing of oh we're not wrestling, we tell stories. We're we're not competing with other promotions. We're competing with other TV with time. That's what we're competing with. And I'm just like, well, if I analyse you in that way, you're even worse. Like, <laughs> in terms of telling, like, in terms of building anticipation, telling stories in a wrestling world, they should be so much better than they are. But if you compare them to the rest of TV, they can't do storyline basics. They should be a show that's cancelled. If I compare them to that degree, because <laughs> it's just, it's just so, just actually no quality doesn't equal ratings. <laughs> I forgot about that trend. <laughs> no, yeah, as in the the writing is piss poor. And if we, if I compare them, if I rate them on that level, I have to give them an, an even lower grade. Because what we're just talking about, it seems like a massive, insane thing. Well, no, that's how pretty much all script writing works. <laughs> As in, just that you you got this world full of characters, and you go, oh, what if that one interacts with that one? Oh, I got this, that, I got this, and that. So yeah, that's how most script writing rooms work. <laughs> it's not a big brain idea. <laughs> the AW isn't doing anything out of this world crazy revolutionary. But it feels like it because of what we've been getting previously. 
So yeah, mm. yes, all praise, all praise. Uh, I don't want to go on too much of a tangent. <laughs> so reading it back <laughs> in, uh, the second match, Matt Seidel versus Wardlow, with a crowd. I call I called it a crowd recovery Christmas beating from the big boy. <laughs> I, I felt like I needed that recovery. Like the super click thing was, it had Christmas music playing. There was the Christmas lighting, a Christmas tree in the background. Um, yeah, it was it was a lovely little Christmas moment. But I hadn't recovered by the time Wardlow came out, uh, and I feel like the pace of this match was perfect for how I was feeling at the moment. Uh, like just destroying, so, like, poor Sidell just got absolutely destroyed by the man. <laughs> and, uh, and I was watching it just going, to be fair, they've got no time for anything else. <laughs> yeah. So, like, he can't have a fight back, really. Yeah, I was like, this is going to be short. Mm. <laughs> this is not going to last long. Mm. And then as he just um, absolutely, I... as he absolutely destroys yeah. him, Spears just telling him to pin the lad as he was in the middle of, like, sending yep. a message. He's like, no, just pin him, just pin him. It's enough, it's enough. Front and centre, building that tension for the big face turn split. Yep. Mm. Yep. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. And Sean Spears is such a great goober. <laughs> oh, he's, he's just well. so fantastic. I was, I was so... <laughs> I haven't told you this yet, but uh, I'm planning, like, some end-of-year awards, and I was thinking what some funny ones I can do. Mm. Um, and... I was, I was going to actually ask you if you want to join the show. We'll talk about it later. <laughs> um, and, and I was thinking, like, Goober of the Year would be a great one because I think, like, AEW has some great ones. <laughs> like, Spears <laughs> is right up there. And, and just in this one, how he, MJF, like, calls him and he pulls out the phone <laughs> and talks hmm. to him and he's like, oh, yeah, yeah, I'll I'll drive you by. <laughs> just <laughs> walks off. Uh, it was, yeah. Great, a great dynamic there. A great comedic dynamic there between Wardlow and and uh, Sean Spears. And oh man, isn't Wardlow just like so exciting to see? Mm. He he's just so powerful and so charismatic as well in in the way that he emotes and expresses himself. Uh, I cannot wait to see when like MJF is in the corner, <laughs> cowering, and Wardlow's like in the centre of the ring doing his thing with his straps yeah. and just being like, I'm going to get you, Max. <laughs> it's going to be so good. It's going to be oh, so good. So good. Uh, and Spears is the mm. perfect person to play in that role where he can destroy Spears yep. in front of MJF. And you get that. You get yep. the turn, and, but you, and you also don't get the MJF beating, which is the, the important bit there. Yep. <laughs> you avoid that. So, oh, mm. yeah. Yeah, they built it really and, well. And the thing... Wardlow knows how to like use his size to make it look like there's impact. Like there's some big guys who don't wrestle like they're big guys. I would have said for a while, I haven't seen his most recent stuff, but for a while, Mm. like big E is a big guy, but his impacts didn't look like he was a big guy having giant impacts. Mm. The best at this ever is Brock Lesnar. Like when particularly like early Brock Lesnar, like early 2000s Brock Lesnar, where he, you know, just destroyed like the Hardy family or when he made his debut and it was just like this animalistic thing. Wardlow's like that. He gives me those that energy and when he hits those power bombs, like it feels like he's just absolutely throwing them down. Yeah. Uh and yeah, he he is going to be a fantastic big man. Yeah, I can't uh, when I say, when I say I can't wait, it's more because you could see they were going to simmer it and then they actually have follow through and simmered it. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Yeah. And at different points, they've sort of like turned the heat up a little bit and then turned mm. it down and turned the heat <laughs> just to remind us that like mm. this is something that's going to happen at some point. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. It's not predictable. It's foreshadowing. They're telling you they're going to yep. do it. 
So yeah, yeah. Again, good basic storyline writing. Not to not to quote Gareth too much, but long term storytelling. <laughs> it's like <laughs> it's yeah, it's, it's yeah, really short stuff. Uh, after this, Tay Conti or Ty Conti challenges Penelope Ford. Uh, I want to say the jokey version of Penelope. I failed uh, to a submission match to get around those dastardly nooks. Uh, I was like, uh, cool, cool. I like that they give them the opportunity yeah. to do these promos like this as well because you learn so much about their characters when they do. Come, it's, and it, again, it, yep. it's, it's such a more free format compared to again what we're used to of the heavily scripted. Mm. Anyone could be saying these lines backstage promos. So when they come mm. up with it themselves, it's a and lot less generic and so much better than like the. This, this particular show, because mm. they were so pushed for time, they had to, like, do all of their promos really. They oh, had yeah. to truncate them all. They didn't have, like, the really annoying interview segments that have just mm. seemed to pop overpopulate Dynamite where they get – where there's an interruption and a beatdown in the middle of an interview segment. They have, like, you know, three in a show. <laughs> Did, they didn't get to do that tonight, and it was really good. Like, this – this was perfect for them. It like gave them, they both had a chance to say why they're special, why they're going to be good in this match. You know, Penelope, she's super flexible and has a great submission hold that she's really good at putting on people. Ty Conti is a judoka. So of course she's going to be good at this. Like it, it just immediately set up, as you said, like got to show their character a little bit. Yeah, this is, this is really cool. And you know, it's just yet another, um, another benefit to the way they've been, you know, really booking the women's division well in the last, uh, like in the last couple of months, really. Um, they've been really putting effort into it and the characters are shining through and we're getting to see like all these sorts of spin-off matches, like the one we're just about to talk about as well, uh, that are that are flowing out of it. It's, it's really good to see. And there's, been, there's a reason that in my notes for most episodes, I've been making the gag of teleporting Tony. Here he is once again. Because <laughs> there's so many Tony Schiavone backstage interviews and the often back-to-back where he's jumping about all over the shop. <laughs> but, uh, did, you hear, yeah. did you hear in the in the Wardlow and Seidel match that um, Taz goes, oh, I got so wrapped up in the match I didn't realise Tony had ducked off. <laughs> all right. <laughs> That's kind of cool. <laughs> yeah, I, I, it might mm. not have been this. It might have been the D, but in one of them, mm. like in one of the matches, Taz said that. It might have been the next. I can't remember exactly when it was. I didn't note it down, but he mm. said that. And oh, I was like, oh, that's a cool detail. Uh, yeah, it's a really nice little detail that they're, they're aware of it. Yep. It's like, where's he gone? Oh, how did he get over there? Yeah, <laughs> yeah I like that. Um, yep. <laughs> speaking of stuff I like, I mean, that's a crap transition, <laughs> but I'll take it. <laughs> Uh, Matthew turned to camera and said, I like this. <laughs> it's Malico Black. Awesome <laughs> House of Black promo. Amazing House of Black promo here. I, again, with the Malico Black stuff, I just stop, try and pay attention. And I'm like, I mean, the only way for me to get like get over everything he's saying and why it's so good to the essence of it all is to just write down everything he says. And I'm not going to do that. I'm not going to transcribe <laughs> him. <laughs> but I will pick up on the final point. Again, the imagery kind of complimented what he was saying so damn well as in he's talking about all this and you can see he's doing something religious that's the way that he's talking and then he essentially like anoints somebody and uh there's that final sentence of now you are more than a king and when i went onto twitter earlier it's like oh who's that gonna be who's the person who's the person everyone everyone who's the, who's the guy who's the guy <laughs> which i uh I mean, immediately, the same thought I had was the first one I saw was Brody King, which would be amazing, especially with Ring mm. of Honor now uh, on, a, on their 
I guess hiatus yep. for the rebrand, and with and those two have tagged together before. Yes, in, uh, yes, they tagged together in PWG, and someone sent a picture and go, look at these tattooed men. Oh my god, <laughs> they look amazing together. <laughs> uh, yeah, I person that that sounds like an amazing death team. <laughs> death team's the best way to call it, <laughs> really. Just they will murder their opposition and uh, fit yep. that house. Of, I don't know how big you want the House of Black to get, or you, uh, but currently. I like it. So, so you do it. You can um, lij it with a. They had Naito doing his stuff, but then you slowly introduce like one person, maybe every half a year. Yeah. Then you stop for like three, four years <laughs> before anybody else comes in. Uh, I feel like this promote this this a group like House of Black is perfect for that. Yeah, yeah. Look, it doesn't have to be lots and lots of people, uh, and it's good to have multiple people in a in like it's good to have these little faction mm. or, or just little partnerships because it means that you know you can have tag matches and you can have the way you can create stories is between the relationships between the two people and how they interact with other people uh so i think it's great uh if if it is brody king if it is someone because that was my thought i was like waiting mm. for this person to turn around and i just looked at the guy's shoulders uh, and his size, and I initially was like, "Oh, this is going to be Wyndham Rotunda turning around." <laughs> um, but turns out, Brody King would be a much, much more fitting and make a lot more sense, particularly <laughs> given that he said, "Like that now, you're more than a king." So yeah, that would be fantastic. He would be a great addition to the to the AW roster, and and a really good partner for for Black. There's a lot of synergy there that mm. makes sense. Because I was thinking, because the main thing way with... more than Andrade. Because <laughs> for me, I like I like Malachi Black's and Andrade's relationship because it's a lot like the Andrade MJF one. Well, like when he got FTR, like mm. they're not friends; they're closer to business associates. So when they work together, it's like there's a there's an mm. understanding, but they're not going to be in the same faction together. They're not best buds; they won't be hanging out. Mm. Andrade's not going to whatever religious building out of Black lives in. <laughs> He's not going to be going over there <laughs> to his den. <laughs> He's not going to be hanging out. <laughs> Drinking blood from a flask. <laughs> I don't know what that is. Black does uh, the character in kayfabe. <laughs> Who knows what he does? Uh, but yeah, um, yeah, I really like this kind of because you've got different kinds of relationships for them. It's not just we're bad guys, therefore mm. we team together. It's like no, they showed FD, FTR and Andrade kind of get in that relationship. Uh, yeah, really, really like that. Uh, uh, anyway, speaking of mm. Serena Deeb versus Hikaru Shida. A, I'll say, well, I was going to say yeah. much hyped. I just meant, I don't, they've kind of bubbled it a bit, so I'm looking forward to it. And their past two meetings were both great. So it's like an under-the-surface... We're like, we've got an under-the-surface banger here. Only problem, I'm still knackered from the opening match. Like, <laughs> that huh. that first hour was quite possibly the easiest first hour of Dynamite I've ever watched. It just I soaked right in, absolutely flew by. And when it... Because I think when they said we're getting towards 30 minutes, I was like doesn't bloody feel it <laughs> like because like at the weekend i watched the best of the super juniors final and i thought that match was brilliant but to extend the length because they had it as the longest best of the super juniors final ever uh, but part of the way they did it was they had a bloody house of torture attack during the match so that kind of downed both guys but then the whole point was because both guys were down they were kind of on a similar footing for the ending where they're both just knackered and throwing mm. everything at each other and just still kicking out kind of stuff but they used that kind of extend it which meant that you felt the length it's like okay this is kind of extending this length of this match it's a massive downtime period before they fight back up again for the awesome ending this match was just full that opening match full throttle <laughs> just that feeling for the entire mm. thing 
And then, but that does mean for the rest of the show, I was like, oh yeah, there's now the rest of the show. <laughs> and I don't know if I've got the energy to care, <laughs> particularly. <laughs> Which sucks because I, re- I think I enjoyed all three matches, but I wouldn't say I was massively invested in any of them. Like, I appreciated the stories and things they told. I didn't think it was a crap television or anything, but my energy was gone. I put everything into that first hour. <laughs> so I was just out of it after mm. that. Um, I mean, yeah, look, yeah. I understand where you're coming from, but I did not have that experience oh, one bit. Good for you. <laughs> like, these are probably my two favorite women wrestlers in, female wrestlers in AEW, and I love their, I like their first match. I really love their second match. Like, I, I haven't rewatched their second match yet, but I think it's probably, I'm, I'm close to putting it as, like, my favorite women's match that, AEW's ever put on Ooh. and and this was really good as well um just like the contrast between them two both of them were were wrestling like they had chips on their shoulder like they had something to prove both in kayfabe and also in the meta sense of like um you know they sort of haven't been utilized as they probably should have been as mm-hmm. like two of the absolute premier female talent in AEW but also in uh outside in in kayfabe both of their characters have been slighted and been disrespected by the other. And I was really pumped for this match. Uh, and I really, I, I loved how fiery it was from right from the get-go. Uh, I loved how the contrast between the two of them, you know, you had Deeb, who is like this wrestling professor um, who just ties her opponent in knots. And then you had Sheeta, who, who is much more powerful. She has strikes and like sort of the, the suplexes and slams that she can use and pull out um, to, to have high impact and, and create big amounts of punishment. And both of them went after different parts of the, the their opponent. Like Deeb, she just went for the knee as she has this entire... Um, this entire... Uh, feud they've been having and series they've been having she's just targeted that knee targeted that knee uh and yeah it it just it built up to something very good uh i think the crowd probably felt the same way you did imp but they did get into it Mm. and that speaks to i think it speaks to the quality of this match uh and i i really just love how creative these these girls are in in the way that they um create some spots like there was one bit where um, they fought to the ropes, and because this is so fiery, like even though they fought to the ropes and Deeb had Sheeta in a in a submission, Deeb still held on, uh, and Sheeta just started booting her, just started kicking her as the, the referee <laughs> was trying to get rid of them. I, I really just liked the fire, and I love the counters at the end, oh, um, yeah. like the lead up to the ending. Fantastic wrestling. <laughs> Uh, like barring say maybe Riho and Emi Sakura um, these two I reckon are the two best women's wrestlers in AEW when it comes into the ring obviously like Baker and, and Thunder Rosa have got a bit of X factor and charisma to them um, but I think I think these two are just absolutely mint professional wrestlers and they've put on like a really really great collection of matches here <laughs> oh and uh, while you're talking uh, Jake Austin in the chat just saying uh, timing with the, everything in time zones but yeah, just wanted to acknowledge that our existence for <laughs> heading out to work. So thanks for that, Jake. <laughs> I appreciate your Welcome acknowledgement. Welcome to my life, Jake, on the <laughs> other side of the world. <laughs> oh, the, the time when uh, Ricky and Clive of uh, Scotland wanted to, were trying to do the quiz, yep. and it was you, and you, 
did you face was it Josh of Keeping It Strong Style? Yep. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. It was. Yeah. Them in them in Scotland, Josh in Florida, and me in America. <laughs> it was, uh, yeah. it was interesting. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but yes, with this match, launching at each other from the bell, awesome. Both full of aggression, as Sam was saying, Deeb's just more targeted, specific. Following up once again on that damaged knee. Uh, once again, having an awesome match. And in the end, Deep's face, after the awesome sequence Sam's talking about, Deep's face kicked right into the corner of Turnbuckle before Sheeta rolled her up with a jackknife pin. Mm. Yeah, great finish and the telling thing. By the end, the crowd were really into it and were shouting the numbers for the three. Which is, that's the telling thing. Yep. Do they count the three or not? Because if they don't, that, that means they don't particularly care. <laughs> so, yes. mm. I mean, yeah, they, they, wanted, they wanted Sheeta to win. <clears throat> The show I felt that the most in, in terms of the three count thing, most recently was Survivor Series, where the first two matches, I think, they were counting everything. Like, they were really into it. Like Becky mm. Charlotte was amazing. The men's tag had them all in, really going along with it. Uh, and then after that, yeah. <laughs> I think there was a battle war that took them out, and then they stopped counting the threes for all of the remaining matches until it got to like Roman Reigns at the end. <laughs> so it's kind of like, oh, that sucks. <laughs> but that's a telling thing. Like, if they're not cutting the three, mm. then you've not got their attention. And they've got their attention here. Even though they were knackered, they won it back. And they still had Rampage to go. Like, there was a lot of wrestling left on this show for that live audience. <laughs> they finally got to it. Yep. Uh, after yep. that, Varsity Blondes. Griff fired up past return, taking the fight back fight to Black, ignoring Pillman's logic and walking headfirst into a sure beating. Uh, especially mm. if Malachi oh, Black has a king with him. Good God. <laughs> He's in trouble. <laughs> oh, poor man. <laughs> Poor man. Uh, after that, hook VTR play play. Hold, <laughs> nice little thing. hold on, one oh. one one thing. I just wanted to say with Griff Garrison's promo, like, mm. who knew that Griff had mm. this kind of promo in him? Oh yeah. Like <laughs> there is a turf war on at the moment for mm. like who's going to be the top of the next generation, and it like you think that it's going to be Jungle Boy and Darby Allen and mm. you know maybe Dante Martin, but like there are there are guys like like Griff Garrison who are just like showing up left and right and mm. and whenever they get a chance they are delivering um there is like a true battle in the AEW locker room for like who's going to be the the kings of the next generation and I don't think like you think you know who it's going to be you think like Jungle Boy's got the lead but I I I was really surprised by this and, and encouraged and I'm I'm looking forward to seeing what happens in this match mm. Oh, and little, I guess a little tidbit I found out in term, uh, terms of like, resting behind things. I found out that he Griff Garrison is the same agent as AJ Styles. Don't know what that says. <laughs> maybe oh, the man's got an eye for talent, maybe, and has seen something in this man. <laughs> <laughs> uh, also, I didn't realise, like, uh, Pillman Jr. is 28 as well. I was like, oh, I thought, because they got the high school gimmick, I just assumed they were both, like, early 20s. <laughs> like, with that stuff. I was like, oh, uh, it's like in it's like in a movie where <laughs> where they get like a twenty five year old to play a teenager. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I was like, oh, come on, Toby Maguire, I'm I'm just not. <laughs> You're <laughs> like, no, got like a thirty year old man crushing over a teenage girls. Like, no, <laughs> I don't buy. It. I mean, Kirsten does is clearly not a teenager either, <laughs> but still, <Yep. laughs> at least try. <laughs> uh, but yeah, <laughs> yeah, I, I was really impressed with Griff as well, um, and Pillman played his role perfectly fine. I was like, you can't do that to Julia. I'm going to punch you in the face. Or so, at least it wasn't it was better than that. <laughs> uh, yeah, Hook VTR Play Play. There's a recap of the megastar in the making that is Hook. And they gave a moment for Taz just to hype up his son. <laughs> it was just lovely. It was lovely. You could tell he's he's absolutely loving this. 
And I think Tazzy even said we put over as like, no, but this man's all about the business. Like, he's on to that next thing. I'm going to let him roll with, with his own creations, essentially. He's like, oh, awesome. <laughs> because it also news coming out that everything to do with Hook in terms of the presentation and the ideas behind like what his character would be like, that's all Hook. That's all him. And apparently he's got like a mm. brain for that side of it. It's like, that's another second generation guy. That's a, <laughs> yeah. That's another guy who's part mm. of this, like this fight, you know? Yeah. <laughs> oh. oh, they're like, because it's, it's, it's the four pillars. It's crazy. Because people say, oh, it's Hangman uh, future pillars. Like, no, for me, Hangman's a cover. it's going to be the four pillars. <clears throat> I'm not so <clears throat> sure. Like, <clears throat> you know, they've got the early lead. We don't know who's actually going to win the race. Because <laughs> there's the, the uh, for me, Hangman's a current. He's like the final pillar of the starting four. And then after that, we got like Darby Allen, MJF, Jungle Boy. And then after that, that's what somebody donned on Twitter as the four killers. It's like, oh, yes. We're <laughs> hooking that one. Like Dante <laughs> Martin. And I guess the other young ones that we were naming, um, Daniel Garcia. Mm. It, they've got there's yep. another one. <laughs> so Daniel many. Garcia, Willie Utah, mm. um, little shoddy. God, so many. Oh uh, yeah, Lee can't John- remember his name Lee now. Johnson. Lee Johnson and Lee Moriarty. Lee Moriarty. Yeah. Like there is, yeah, I'm. Like I'm, I'm ready for one of the four pillars to be replaced. Like if <laughs> one of by, like some of these people. If you want, if you want Lee Moriarty and Lee Johnson to really get over, you debut Keith Lee and put them in a stable called The Lees. <laughs> and oh my boy, <laughs> oh, they'll really get over. <laughs> That's all. Lee, 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 Lee. Lee. <laughs> well, they pump themselves up in the ring by chanting Lee, <laughs> Lee, Lee, Lee. Oh. You know, if you get the right theme song, that can work. Like the Samoa Joe WWE theme song where oh. everyone just, <laughs> like you know, Joe, chance to Joe. go to Joe. it. Like, yeah. that can work. That can work. That can work. <laughs> I mean, probably don't call the stable The Leaves. <laughs> That's probably not going to work. Yeah. Really at the moment. Oh, it's hello. The Lees. Oh, hello, Australian cat. We've got uh, Rupert. Rupert. Good eye, Rupert. Rupert. He's a beautiful little cat. <laughs> <laughs> um,. Uh, have, have I got a transition with cats to this? I don't really know. It's Eddie Kingston. <laughs> I don't know. I don't... He's a cool cat. He's a cool cat. Oh, yeah. There we go. There we go. Challenging not cool cats 2.0 and Garcia to find some friends as they'll have the Lucha Bros and Pride and Powerful on his side. And you found out the friends are Max Caster and Anthony Bowens. So they found the friends pretty Fantastic. quick. Yes. <laughs> They were able to tell the graphics department who their friends were way in advance. <laughs> so good for them. <laughs> good for them. Uh, that's going to be taking place on Rampage. There were a couple of like really, I was going to say big, but I just mean lots of people in them, multi-band tags for Rampage. Maybe just to get everybody on the Winter is Coming kind of show, maybe knowing the crowd will be tied, let's just give them some fun PWG-style yep. tag team stuff. Just send them home yep. happy rather yep. than trying to deliver more bangers, which is probably wise. Uh, also, um, they set up uh, oh, no, 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 that's the next segment. I was about to say CM Punk stuff. No, let's leave that for a second. Because <laughs> first, there's the match that led into it. The main event, Dynamite Diamond Ring Final. And uh, again, my brain was just so tired from the opening match that I completely forgot it was the whole <laughs> Dynamite Diamond Ring thing. <laughs> I was just like, oh yeah, here's MJF versus Dante. Uh, yeah, cool, cool match. And then halfway through, I was like, oh no, yeah, this is for the Dynamite Diamond Ring. <laughs> I just completely forgot. Completely left my mind. <laughs> Uh, also, before the match, Maxwell with some choice words for CM Punk in Texas, as he earns himself a shut the F up chant. <laughs> Just, yeah. <laughs> and running on Punk for, like, the best he could do was your local sports team sucks. 
come on now. <laughs> I don't know how you, yeah, I, I really liked it. MJ's follow-up here. Uh, the match itself, uh, Dante dipping and diving as match just dodged. Uh, countering the man's nose dive, double springboard again and again. Even when Martin did nail the move, like MJF just rolled out of the ring. Like Kimikos is like mm. really, really smart. Uh, peaking with a shooting star press to the outside as Dante's legs just caught MJF. That must have been a fun landing <laughs> for that one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and a damn quick back and forth with near fall after near fall in the end. Finally named the nosedive right as Ricky Starks was there to save MJF's day and put the man's feet on the ropes. Uh, that run in, enough of a distraction for Martin uh, to be distracted and Friedman catches him with the salt of the earth. Dante taps as MJF once again holds on to that di- damn dynamite diamond ring. What do you make of this match, Sam? I really liked it. Uh, mm. I I love the contrast between the two. Uh, it was a pretty... And this is something that happens in a lot of MJF's matches, right? Like, he goes up again. Mm. He is smart and he's cunning. He knows when to pick his spots and when to go for the kill. And he gets up against guys like, you know a fearless one like Darby Allen or mm. in this case Dante Martin who's just so athletic but one of the things that I really liked about this match was you mentioned how MJF is really smart and he like rolled out of the ring but Dante is just like so freakishly athletic that even that MJF just he had a moment where he couldn't escape because mm. Dante Martin's just so athletic and so fast that he was everywhere you know he went he like rolled out one side of the ring and Dante Martin like does a flip over the others out of that mm. rolls out another side of the ring Dante Martin comes over and does another flip rolls out the other side of the ring Dante Martin's in his face doing a springboard mm. shooting star press like it was really I, I liked that dynamic uh, and I liked how it, it emphasized how quick and how athletic Dante Martin is, how much of a freak he is, but also it, it emphasized MJF's resilience. Uh, and as I said, like MJF, he's smart and cunning and he knows when to like pick his spots and go in for the kill. And I love his facial expressions throughout as well. Uh, you know, he, of course we know that he's cocky, but he like has a great focused face of mm. when you can see like he's lasering in on something and he's going to, and he's going for it um, because he thinks he can, he thinks he can, you know, do a, do a hit and run, uh, and yeah, he he won this match, and I love him winning again as well. Mm, yes, uh, I is. love that they've set up this dynamite diamond ring thing for him to win like year after year, <laughs> and you know maybe he loses next year, maybe he wins again next year, but like it's it's going to be massive the time when he finally doesn't, uh, mm. because they've now set up this thing that's like this is the thing that MJF wins every year, <laughs> um, this diamond ring. So there's going to be one year. And I don't know when it's going to be, but it's going to be a year where he doesn't win it, and it's going to feel huge, like, which is brilliant. For me personally, I'd love uh, Jungle Boy to win it. They're like the next week coming out in his jungle suit. Oh wait, no, that sounds like birth yeah. suit <laughs> coming out in his. Yeah, like it could be. Little... It could be Jungle Boy. It could mm. be Wardlow. It could mm. be Dante. It could be. Oh, is it? You know, it could be any number of faces. Oh, that's a yeah. shout. Yeah. Yeah, mm. like it could be any number of faces who who end up beating him for this. Um, but it's going to be huge because this has become like the MJF, MJF, the MJF wins this thing every year yeah. <laughs> deal. Yeah. 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 I like that. And of course, MJF has to get to the final every time as well, even if he loses. It's yeah. Just, yeah. It's just his yep. thing. Yeah. Yeah. But then the yep. lights go out. Ooh. Oh, I've not got a black background. So <laughs> <you> had a... <laughs> I was like, oh, I could be awesome. If I just... <laughs> lights go out. Bang. Uh, but who? Who? It's. Not a debut, it's Sting and Darby with the return attack from Rampage. 
And in terms of, because I didn't see anything online, because I thought if I go onto Twitter, well, I see loads of disappointed people going, oh, there's no debut because it's winter is coming. They maybe expected something. And, but then I was re- going by reading the crowd as well. The crowd weren't chanting for, mm. they weren't, they didn't, they didn't go, oh, it's just Sting. They were chanting for CM mm. Punk, a man who's already with the promotion, chanting for CM Punk to run out and save them. The crowd had read the room and were chanting for the part of the show. Like a debut would have been a nice surprise, but they didn't need it. They'd already had enough fun and CM Punk coming down would just be like the icing on the cake. And that's what he got. Mm. Pelting it out there with a pro-abortion t-shirt in Texas. <laughs> like good on you, CM Punk. Oh, really? Yeah, yeah, Is yeah. that what he had? Yeah, yeah. Good on him. Yeah. Fuck oh, that. So- uh, I, I can't remember. It's something like um, get yourself a uterus and then make a decision. I think it's something like that. That's pretty much the message on the Far t-shirt. Out. Yeah. Good for CM Punk. Mm. Far out. Good on him. But yeah, so I didn't notice that. But yeah. yeah. Wow. <laughs> but he also, he also he did come down to attack humans with a baseball bat. <laughs> so he's charging down with a baseball yeah. bat. It's don't worry. It stings baseball bat. It's CM Punk's like, oh, I don't wield weapons or anything. <laughs> it's someone else's weapon. <laughs> so yeah, helps fight off the uh, baddies. Gives uh, Sting his baseball bat. And then we get the, oh, this is an interesting cross-generation of Sting, CM Punk, and Darby Allin mm. <laughs> all teaming up together. That's it, yeah. And an interesting, did you notice the little stare-down between Punk and Darby before um, before Darby mm. sh- like kind of accepted CM Punk's, what, I don't know what you call it, when they do like the sideways handshake, like that oh, thing. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, it, was a, it was an interesting moment that before mm. that happened. Because well, they, they acknowledged past, the past happened. This is kind of like, yeah. well, because they're both yeah. baby faces doesn't mean they suddenly forget two months ago or whenever yeah. it was, September. <laughs> like, obviously, and they, they don't, you know, and that Darby didn't actually want to beat CM Punk. Because mm. uh, mm. he wasn't just happy to be in the ring with CM Punk. He mm. wanted to beat him yeah. and he lost. Which is and like, that oh, actually, it's... that rubbed him the wrong way. Mm. So even though they're both good people, like, you know. Yeah. When uh, I like that, <laughs> it's I think I, we haven't brought this up the last time you were on, or I've brought it with different guests. But it's the thing of when you've got characters with established like characteristics and way and ways they mm. think, way they work, they can clash. They don't have to be, which I kind of guess is mm. what Cody was initially That's hinting. That's what we were at. talking about earlier. Yeah, yeah, like yeah. what Cody was initially hinting at, like before AW started, of like he worded it as, "Oh, I think faces and heels are dead," but when you watch the show, you kind of kind of start to get what it like with the whole sports ta- entertainment thing that got kind of taken out of mm. <laughs> the, like what the level they're really going for uh, it's the same here where you can kind of see what he meant it's like well yeah you don't if you establish characters they can all clash with each other it doesn't just have to be mm. this is the bad one this is the good one you can do more with it and I feel like that's something the young books because yep. I think there was a quote from them and maybe Kenny Omega as well when they were like the BTE thing was really taking off when they were in New Japan and they were saying, well, wrestling's always been of a certain level, of a certain way, uh, ever since, since we've been watching on TV. Like, WCW was never intellectually much higher than WWE or WWF in the 90s. And then TNA wasn't much intellectually higher than WWE in the noughties. <laughs> but, TNA was not intellectually. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. My advice to TNA is, yeah, you can go back and watch like some of your favourite matches. You can go back and watch like some of the X Division stuff. I, I don't recommend watching entire shows. <laughs> like it's, it's of its era. <laughs> There's a lot of stuff <laughs> just on those shows. <laughs> Even pre Hogan, some, some very high highs, some real high highs. Yeah. TNA, but also, also, there's some, some yeah. real <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> like generally, so 
like flash watching that show. <laughs> shout out to Miz fan who's bit who's doing that running series of columns down in the columns forum. It's been master. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> with their with their columns where they've been revisiting every TNA show from like the pay per view era kind of onwards. And I'm like, oh, wait till you get to the small person in the, who pops out of the barrel. <laughs> like, oh, there's <laughs> someone. What uh, someone pulls a gun on Jeff Jarrett. Like, it's it's it. There's a roller coaster. <laughs> they were throwing stuff at the wall. Uh. Um, uh, but yeah, uh, a hot fight ending to AEW. <laughs> the point I'm getting to yep. is on when with that BT rise, the books and Omega were talking about thing of it's always been of a certain level. But they didn't understand why wrestling had to be that way. And with BTE, you kind of saw their test of concept. I think we talked about this mm. with the whole Bullet Club is Fine angle, was them proving that you can tell a certain level of story within a wrestling mm. world. And it had a certain amount of depth to it as well. There was just so much yep. kind of building off of it. And for me, that, that was the proof of concept for AEW, for this type of stories mm. they tried to tell. Which is great to see. And I... Uh, I'm really yep. happy that AW exists. <laughs> In this merry spirit, we're end- ending the review merrily, merrily on high. <laughs> as, Indeed. Yes. Uh, as my voice, my, I'm really proud my voice has kept up. <laughs> it is wavered, but I've done it. <laughs> also, congratulations to Sam for being up on a work day. To, I mean, to be fair, when AW is this good, the momentum carries you. <laughs> it generally is. Also, about AW. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, what did you make yep. of winter is coming? Sam? Tomorrow's my last day before I go on holidays as Ooh. well. So. Yeah, this is my last day. So, after this. <laughs> anyway, uh, yeah, first up, before we plug the stuff to say goodbye, what did you make of Winter is Coming overall, Sam? Brilliant. Great, great follow up to Winter is Coming last year. They've established another TV franchise. Uh, you know, every year now, around December, we're going to get Winter is Coming and we're going to be looking forward to it because it's now got a history of great matches, mm. a history of, like, potentially de- potentially debuts, but not all always. So you're kind of, like, on the edge of your seat hoping, but <laughs> you don't necessarily know if it's going to happen or not. Um, you know, it was it, it was a really great show. And, yeah, like, an all-timer match to kick it off as well. Mm. Uh, like a, a match that is going to become a legacy match for AEW. And I feel like we say that like once every three weeks with this company sometimes. Mm. But like for real, this one, this is one that's going to be like one of the, on lists in the future that are like, what are the must-watch AEW championship matches? Mm. It's going to have, you know, like Chris Jericho versus versus Cody Rhodes. It's going to have John Moxley versus Brody Lee, John Moxley versus Eddie Kingston. Uh, it's going to have Kenny Omega versus Phoenix, Kenny Omega versus Moxley in a barbed wire death match. And it's going to have this match. Mm. Like, without a doubt, this match is going to be a fixture on those sorts of lists for the next, like, 20, 30 years, hopefully. Uh, and it's hopefully going to be a landmark in hangman page's career as well uh as like this is when he announced himself as a main event guy as a main event player in wrestling uh and yeah i had a great time watching the show tonight it was brilliant it was really fun <laughs> it was it was fun experiencing your tweets after i'd already seen the match <laughs> your, your dms <laughs> just <laughs> to seeing the emotions you were going through <laughs> it's like I'm, I'm a bit confused i don't know what's going on oh okay now now i'm enjoying it Okay, now it's amazing. This is brilliant. I love this. <laughs> it's just a whole of Oh, that was the confusion. We didn't mm. we didn't get oh, yeah. to this, but I'll, I'll quickly say the confusion, just for your benefit, pretty much. <laughs> the confusion was when mm. Hangman was um, got driven into the railing and he got and he got busted open. It felt like they were going too long with 
Brian like pandering and I thought like maybe there'd genuinely been a concussion mm. and then it went for so long that I was like no they if, if it genuinely was a concussion they would have called the match off by now um but it just confused me for a moment like as to what was actually happening. No. <laughs> <laughs> but but mm. now I know what it was like I don't care it was mm. you know just another chapter in that brilliant match mm. and the spot they did it on where it was um Daniel Bryan draped on the ropes and then Hangman did the clothesline it turned him inside out is the perfect oh, spot yeah. to start kind of selling that stuff as well because you can trick us. You can trick us with yeah. that one because the way you have, kind of have to yeah. land a bit higher. So yeah, really good stuff. Yeah. Anyway, I also really enjoyed the show, but I'm going to jump to uh, <laughs> plug in the yeah. stuff to send us out. Uh, anyway, you can follow me on Twitter at the damn implicat. That's damn, damn. Also over at the at the Twitch. Let's call it that. <laughs> the, at, uh, with the implications with two S's over on Twitch. I actually did a stream this week. Insane. <laughs> Slowly getting back to it. Uh, I, I say right as it turns Christmas, and then I won't be doing anything. <laughs> so great timing, me. Great timing. Uh, uh, in terms of these, I don't know. I'll plug, I'll plug the reviews uh, for future stuff after Sam's had his opportunity to plug everything Sam Brown related. Uh, get going. Yep. Uh, so you can follow me on Twitter at James Boyd eighty seven. Apparently, <laughs> <laughs> no, you can follow me on Twitter, sir underscore Samuel. Uh, for those who aren't watching on YouTube, you won't get that joke. But <laughs> you can follow me on Twitter, sir underscore Samuel. And yeah, check out the AEW Match Guide podcast. As I said at the top, uh, this Friday it's me and Imp talking about blood and guts. Uh, really great discussion um, where we go in depth on that match. We talk about the good things, of course. We talk about the the uh, controversial things and the not necessarily quite so well pulled off things uh, and, and really go in depth on that. And there's, uh, it's been getting the, the podcast has been getting a lot of love. Uh, it got tweeted out by um, Dax Harwood earlier this week, which was an absolute buzz. So you can go in there, check out the matches we've reviewed so far. There's five of them and, and prep this Friday. If you subscribe, it'll pop up um, at 7 PM Australian time on Friday. Uh, we're talking blood and guts. Yes. <laughs> I knew immediately when Sam asked me, oh, have you got like a couple of matches you quite like to talk about? But aside from these specific ones, can you just, have you got an idea? It's like, I know immediately <laughs> which two I want to talk about and they are not the same. <laughs> First time, talked about Orange Cassidy versus Pac. There's something a little bit different. Yep. <laughs> a little bit different. <laughs> Slight, yeah. Slightly different tones yeah. in the two matches. <laughs> and of course, the, uh, I, mean, I remember we both really enjoyed the recording, but for me, it's, behind the curtain been long enough i've got no idea what i said so it's like uh, i'm interested to hear what we talk about <laughs> i don't remember it's been so long <laughs> yeah <you've> forgotten <laughs> yeah <laughs> well sam knows it so well <laughs> he's had to edit the thing <laughs> it is the yeah yeah complete opposite point uh, anyway with that in terms of future review stuff i from this point now i am done until uh, wrestle kingdom on january 4th i don't know if it's going to be a video live review type thing or if it's going to be a column review but I will be reviewing Wrestle Kingdom in some form in some manner um, definitely 4th and 5th I've not figured out the other show versus Noah I've not figured that one out yet I'll, <laughs> I'll try that away so next time you hear me I'll be gushing over Katsuyori Shibata wrestling again so really looking forward to that <laughs> and which does mean I'm not doing day one which I think might be expected for quite a few like, except for like the big major outlets I expect quite a few people might not cover day one just because for me, I really like the idea, but the actual like realism in terms of executing covering it, especially for a British person, it's like, hmm, it's the day after New Year's. <laughs> like I'm not really, 
availability is probably not going to be at its peak on the first day of the year. So, <laughs> unfortunately, that's just the way it is. But I will be back for Vessel Kingdom. It's all fine by then. Watch uh, Wrestle Kingdom. It will be miles better. I have I haven't watched <laughs> any WWE in the last few months, but I have no problem in saying that Wrestle Kingdom will be miles better than day one. Watch and review that. <laughs> For me, it's crazy to, when, when I think about the match of the year list. It happens every single year where I've got to think all the way back to January. It's like, oh wait, no, Kota Ibushi, yeah. Jay White is on this list. <laughs> like when I, because for me, it's like very clearly it's like well surely it's got to be an AEW match just because their bar is so much higher WWE will have matches in there but it won't be they won't be near the top five probably that said Jay White Kota Ibushi like oh my god no I've got these other matches to fix it fit in how am I going to do this <laughs> I've got other things to put in uh, so yeah Wrestle Kingdom it, it, they were for an era they were churning out match of the year right at the start and they weren't even beating that themselves it would just that would be the best match end of <laughs> for the entire yep. year yep. <laughs> but now we've got AW so we've actually got some contests in that uh, nerdy field of what well, gets the best stars <laughs> so that's going to happen <laughs> yeah. Sam well, well, yeah. Uh, uh, and again we did do the end of year awards last year so there was there's an established thing for maybe there's room to do it at some point in I can't remember how long the votes took maybe it was like February January I can't remember when we actually got it done because <laughs> it's quite a long voting period and then, then Sam correlates it all together <laughs> so it takes quite a while uh, so anyway, that'll be the, probably the next time you hear Sam Brown on these waves, <laughs> whatever the next <laughs> thing is. Uh, anyway, with that, I'm going to finally end this show. I can feel myself blabbering because I need food, I need water, <laughs> I need to re- refurbish myself. So with that, I bid you do, and Sam Brown bids you. Hooroo. <laughs> I was going to say for uh, the podcast listeners, it was more of a visual good day, <laughs> more of a visual salute. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, ta-ra, ta-ra.